Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of pink. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters, the ESW, J, Tempest, Brianna Lynn, Daddy J, Fabe, Embers, Mama D, William P, Lady, Claire, Zytam, Savage Heart, Mr. N and Mrs. Jess, Mistress Good Girl, Lady Blooding, and Blue Aries. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers, both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pink kink podcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. As everybody knows, Rara and I don't agree on a whole lot of stuff. Oh, I'll agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we can both agree that BDSM is a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, so much fun. It as we've said on numerous times, this is our opinion. It may not be your opinion, but damn is it fun! the most fun allowed by law and not even not even by law thank you no <laughs> most laws do not allow it you just gotta do what you, i mean no we're not going there anyway <laughs> point is a lot of what we do is risky however so much of it especially for people like me oh yeah well me included that's true i always forget electro is so risky i was talking about littles oh, okay you're right no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> you got me i did didn't i <laughs> I bet I got a lot of other people too. Wait, Littles is risky? I mean, yeah, if you go out into the street by yourself without the hand of your caregiver, you, you might- could, You could get hit by a car. Or get lost. And you said that you- Oh, did you guys hear that? I Did you hear that? I heard that. Am I losing my mind or something? Because I think Rara just said something in Little. I did. <gasps> I can do Little. See- Here's the thing, though. The way she's looking at me right now makes me think that she's faking it. I would never fake it. <laughs> Boy, if I got comments on that, we're a minute 30 seconds in and we're already doing it. Oh, God. I should have gone to the bathroom before. And they're off. <laughs> Okay, we should start taking bets <laughs> on how long before we lose our shit while recording. I think this was a record. <laughs> this might have been. We usually get at least five minutes. <laughs> I swear to God. Okay, but now it's become, I think, almost a contest. Who can get the other one to lose it first? Who won that time? Uh, I Well, I don't know. I did the little voice. Yeah, but and then you said the faking. But I baited you into, I don't know, man. That's, I think we did that to each other. Well, something else we don't agree about. Okay. What? <laughs> drink. Dara's <laughs> <Dinosaur> drink. 
Okay, because what we do is risky. Um, <laughs> sure. That has everything to do with laughing that hard. It's it, laughing that hard is obviously BDSM. <gasps> okay, so yeah, like we were saying, I got two sentences into this. Good luck editing this one. I'm not gonna. That's just gonna be all three minutes of laughing. We're done. Podcast. Thank is you over. for being with us today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. <laughs> that would be weird. Just releasing three straight minutes of us laughing. Yeah, that's it. We could for a bonus episode. <gasps> just saying if that's somebody's kink. Um, sure. Yeah. So I apologize, everybody. We we got sidetracked <laughs> again. <laughs> I almost feel like starting over, but at the same time, not. Rerouted. So anyway. <laughs> no. You know, you were just complaining about those glasses getting, getting ready to fall apart and you slammed them down like that. Oh, God. I think I've cried off my makeup, yes? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's gone. And okay. I think mine is smeared to kingdom come right now. Like, I look like a raccoon. Okay. Okay, folks. We're gonna, we need a podcast dom to, like, tell us to shut the hell that's up. That's the problem. That's what we need. A podcast dom. dom. Who the hell but, is going to sit here for that? But it has to be somebody with an accent. Oh, yeah. Now, how about, uh, for you, it's Scottish. Yeah. For me, it's British. Yeah. But I think we can both agree on Australian. 100%. So let's find, we need somebody with an Australian accent. To sit on the phone with to us. To sit on the phone with us and dom us into doing this podcast. Okay. And with, that, with focusing, yes. Yeah. Anybody? Anybody? Going once. Nope. Offer still open. Okay. We'll just keep it's it's the, the offer is permanently yeah, open for the role of Dara and Rara's podcast Dom. <sighs> and if you can fake the Australian accent, we're okay with that too. It's we just want to be a good fake. Yeah. It's good fake. Speaking of faking, yes, go on. Uh, wow, full circle one then. <laughs> okay. See, I can get us back on track. No, you can't. Because now I'm thinking of faking and we have to get Which has this. nothing to do with our topic at hand. We haven't even discussed the topic <laughs> at hand. We're no five <laughs> flipping minutes into this and there has been no mention of our topic they other than, no idea hey, BDSM be. is really fun. <laughs> See, we're showing them how much fun it can be. I think that's just us being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, guess what? BDSM is so fun. You might meet your best friend doing it and spend the rest of your life in giggle fits. <laughs> I almost said giggle shit. Only shits. if you're lucky. You need to stop doing that voice because it's really <laughs> throwing me off. <laughs> I'm the one that does that voice, Rara, okay? Well, my mine doesn't have a speech impediment, though. Yeah, mine does. <laughs> She's a little bit. Uh, anyway. <laughs> okay. I, I don't even look at you. <laughs> she looked. Because <laughs> you're staring. Yeah. Okay. Go. So, obviously, what we do is fun. We have proved this many, many times. Every week. But it can also be very risky. I think I actually got to that line before we lost it. Because then you started and we talked about who Okay, okay, okay I'm sorry. Position of Dom is still open because, oh my God, we need it. In fact, Rara, yes. wouldn't you agree? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> We <laughs> hang on. <laughs> BDSM is a hell of a lot of fun, but a lot of what we do can be risky. In fact, way more of what we do is risky than many people, even those in the lifestyle, really understand.
<laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I'm reading the lines. Huh? I'm reading it because we can't get through this shit without <laughs> losing our marbles. So I'm trying, trying to, to follow the script. I'm trying to follow a script so that we can actually get through this episode without fucking off into outer space at this point. <laughs> we can do this. Okay. So, basically, to reiterate, it's fun, but it's risky. Yeah. We already know that. We got that so, part. We got through that at least six times, and mm-hmm. we haven't gotten past it. So, I'm going to try and actually get to this part. Today's episode is about risk. Risk profiles, specifically. Oh, yes. Very much so. So, it's it's been almost ten minutes into this fucking episode, and we just <laughs> mentioned what it's about. All right. So, there are, obviously, physical risks. A lot of what we do is physically risky. There are emotional risks. Yes. Mostly because putting yourself out there at the level that we do, it's really hard. You get rejection. The level of trust you have to give to somebody and if somehow that trust is abused. Oh, ouch. It's rough. Like, it is super hard. I think we've talked about this multiple times. I mean, I've had breakups in my life, but the DS breakups have just messed me up in ways so different from vanilla breakups. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I actually think the the only DS relationship breakup that I had that I could actually consider DS relationship was my very first Dom, the one with the unbelievable accent and who was, you know, 14 hour time difference and that whole story. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I would still lose my shit to, to meet, to be in a position where I could have that again. But you know, with daddy, it'd be different. We're married. It's a it's a whole different level, but it's the DS on top of it. I think I would go absolutely bananas. So we have the physical risks of the actual physical stuff that we play. We have rope. We have knife play. We have fire play. There's the electro play, which is still considered risky. There's tons of physical risk. We went over a couple of them. Just because it's risky doesn't mean that we should or should not do it. For crying out loud, people jump out of airplanes. I don't. That's risky. Nope. It's on my bucket list. Oh, hell, walking across the street is risky. <laughs> for you, maybe. Without Daddy's hand, yeah. obviously. No, walking is risky, <laughs> for goodness sake. For me, I trip in sneakers. I don't know how people do it wearing heels. I would flat break my nose. But what we're trying to say is understand the risks and know your own risk profile. And that's what we're going to talk about today. All right. Now, the other thing you need to remember is safe words. And that's got to be part of your risk profile and making sure that you are doing everything to actively work on being as safe as possible and don't play with somebody who doesn't understand the importance of playing as safe as possible. Again, we've mentioned this before, vet your partners, Dom, sub, top, bottom, whoever it is, know what you want to ask and get some answers. Don't let people get away with not giving you answers, first of all. Right. We talk about safety of equipment, the skill and the knowledge of the people that are playing. But the one, what I feel is an important part of safety that so many people tend to either overlook or just, right, don't even realize is important is knowing what your particular risk profile is and asking the person that you're playing with what their risk profile is so that you make sure whatever activity you're doing fits into both of your risk profiles. So can I can I take this back and make like a little analogy here about it when we talk about risk profiles? This basically just means what you are willing to do and what the person you are with is willing to do according to whatever data you're working with. Just make sure you're working from the same data. That's that's another problem. Yeah. So for example, COVID. Some people 
didn't go to the grocery store at all. It was too high risk for them, according to their personal risk profile. Some people went to the grocery store, but definitely wore a mask. And some people didn't wear a mask at all. Some of us wear double masks. Exactly. Some people, even vaccinated, are still wearing masks. Some people are not. Some people are still not going to the grocery store at all. It depends on what you feel you are comfortable with and what the people around you are comfortable with. So still on the whole COVID thing, perfectly comfortable going over to Rara's house and doing this podcast this entire time. No problem. I trust her. I trust her risk profile not to, you know, get me. Everything was copacetic. Other people, I would not go to their house. I think that's an excellent way to describe exactly what a risk profile is because everybody has one, even if you don't understand it. But when you put it that way, I think people will go, oh, yeah, that's my risk profile. Yeah, I, I get it. Now, tops have risk profiles. Bottoms have risk profiles. Switches might actually have two risk profiles. I, as a switch, have different risk profiles for whether I'm a top or a bottom because of my my knowledge. So as a bottom, blood play is within my risk profile. As a top, it is not. Okay, so explain that one. Why, why the difference? Why the different set of rules, essentially? As a bottom, I am comfortable if my blood is drawn. Right. So that's why it's within my profile. But as a top, I'm not as comfortable yet in my skill level to safely draw the blood. Okay. So that's why it's not yet. I have been bottoming for way longer than I've been topping. And you even let a newbie at it practice on you. I did. We recorded that. So I guess like for me, for example, I am definitely more comfortable topping electro than I am in receiving it. There are very few people I will let do it to me because I have personally trained the people that I would let do it to me. If it's just some random person off the street, do no, get away from me. I will let the people at, you know, like the demo tops at conventions, I'll let them do it, whatever it is. Not even just a lecture, I'll let them do whatever it is because I am aware that as a demo top, they have been doing this for a while and have been asked and are known in the community and have specifically been asked to demonstrate this skill. They should know what they're doing, right? Well, right. When I'm at, when I'm at let's say, Crucibles 101 night, mm -hmm. I trust the Crucible and their vetting process. So anybody that they've approved to be a demo top at one of their events, right? I feel comfortable trusting that they know what they're doing. What if it's just at a party? It would come down to the host themselves. Okay. And do I trust the host's vetting process? So what if it's a if it's a party that we know just kind of lets people in and you're like, okay, it's just a party, it's whatever. Then probably not. Okay. So your your risk profile should include all potential risks, not just those related to physical injury. You need to also think about the psychological, the emotional. So risk profiles allows a bottom in how to educate themselves and vet their tops. And then tops have to vet their bottoms and decide who they want to play with. There are people that I, as a bottom, would play with and let them do impact on me, but I wouldn't necessarily let them do blood play. No, it's a completely different skill set. You have to know what the other person's skill set is. So like, I obviously have been doing electro for a very long time. We've discussed this. I have proven my knowledge of what I'm doing over and over. I've done 
big time demos. I've done small time demos. I do them all. I do private sessions. I know what I'm doing for electro. No one in the right mind is going to let me do blood play on them. Rara no. did by accident, was but totally that's a whole accident. different story. But that's the point. You know, you ask. And if it's like uh, Rara's happenstance with our friend Bobby, who's learning to do needles, I wouldn't do that with a person who's first learning how. That's my risk profile. But Rara was comfortable with it. What went into that decision, and again, this is part of the risk profile, is I thought to myself, here's a person who I know is a cautious, careful player in everything they do. They research everything they do. I knew he had practiced on himself. Mm-hmm. That's part of the risk profile. The second part of the risk profile is thinking worst case scenario. Would I be okay with that? And that means potential scarring. Yes, I was okay with that because of where we were doing it. I mean, we were I doing do- it on, on, your on my thigh, thigh right? on my thigh, right? I won't do staples. I on- say we like I was participating. Yes. I was freaking yeah. out. Yeah, I won't do staples on my face. I will do staples on my legs. I've seen staples on the face. It's crazy. No, thank you. I, I, Simple Beauty has done her mouth staple shut. Mm. That's a hard limit because I have to be able to talk, but that's a whole nother issue. <laughs> but for me, that's outside my risk profile. Yeah. on the fa- But on the body, I'm okay with. But I said, okay, let's, I do the scene with Bobby. What's the worst that could happen? And I, am I okay with that? Mm-hmm. And the answer was yes, because I knew having done it on himself, Bobby understood the logistics of how the needles worked. He just needed to be able to do it on somebody else. So I wasn't worried that the worst was going to be him nicking my artery and me bleeding out. That wasn't going to happen with somebody like Bobby. Well, maybe it would happen with somebody else who didn't have that experience. Dar's raising her hand. I'm yeah. assuming that's not because you have to go to the bathroom. No, it's because I would <clears throat> probably accidentally do something right? stupid like that. You, nobody wants me to do that. Yeah. So another example of risk profile is, and again, I'm going to bring up electro because that's the biggest thing I know how to do. I would not ever touch somebody's ears with the wand or anything else. They're way too sensitive. You don't do it with anybody with a heart condition. You don't normally do it. These are the rules that we generally follow. You don't do it above the waist. Certain things, yeah, you can probably get away with doing the violet wand with the glass above the waist, like on nipples or something, because it's it's not subcutaneous. It's not below the skin, underneath the skin. It's surface. You can slightly get away with doing that. It's not recommended. Let me be perfectly clear. Some experienced people will do it. I do it, but only with really big boobed ladies, because that's a lot of fatty tissue in between the heart and you the actual wand. you saying my boobs are fat? I'm saying your boobs have fatty tissue. All right. I'll do it to myself too. I got the same, well, yeah, about the same amount actually. Point being, you want to know the risks of your own implement. Even though you know that implement and you are very skilled in it, there are always going to be risks as the top as well as the bottom. And you want to impart that knowledge. You want to share that, those risks with every single person you play with. And you are going to have multiple risk profiles if you have multiple kinks. My risk profile for impact is going to be different than my risk profile for rope, which is going to be different than my risk profile for staples. Mm -hmm. It's just different because obviously I don't mind if blood is drawn and scars on my ass don't phase me. I can't see it back there. It's fine. But rope could potentially give me nerve damage. Yeah, that's going to be very different. And I need my, I personally, for my job, need my arms 
and my hands and the ability to physically lift. I need my arms and my hands too and the ability to do all kinds of things, not just for my job. I just like them where they are. So here's another example of how your risk profile determines your kinks. I have a job where I do have to be on my feet. Not all the time, but enough that the ability to stand and stand comfortably is important. So I won't do impact on my feet, which has the technical term and I'm probably going to mess it up, but I think it's pronounced bastinado. Whoa, what? Yeah, I know. That's impact on your feet. Oh, you'd think it'd be ped something. Yeah. I won't do that because I can't have my feet be sore. I know people who love it. Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as you can love impact that hurts, but they love it. I can't do it. That would be outside my personal risk profile. Yeah. And I can't have anything that can be shown outside of where your clothing covers it. Basically, not even tattoos, sort of tattoos. It's a little more lenient on that, but you have to be really, really careful. All right. So now that we've discussed exactly what a risk profile is, how do we develop it? Experience, questions, talking to people. There's there's lots of different ways. It's, it's a combination of everything, really. Right. So the first thing that I would recommend doing is starting off with deciding what safety philosophy you prefer. So we have SSC, Rack, and Prick. And let's dive into exactly what those are. SSC stands for safe, sane, and consensual. It's usually the first one that anybody new to the lifestyle hears. That's that's your basic, the standard, what we tell people kind of a thing. The problem with that is what is safe is up to your risk profile. What and is sane well, is we, personal opinion. As we know, Dara thinks what I do is not sane. You're absolutely bonkers. Right. The consent, everybody agrees. Consent. Oh, yeah. Consent is, yeah, we, we got that. That's normal. Right. But whatever is safe to me or whatever is not safe to me is a lot of times perfectly safe to Rara. I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole and Rara's like, hell yeah, let's go. Sign me up. I'm yeah. going to do it. Yeah. And SSC assumes all activities fall into one of two categories, safe, not safe. And the, again, that's a huge gray area. A lot of it can, again, it's your opinion. It's your personal preferences. It's whatever thing you're doing. Like Rara said before, you're going to have different ideas of what's safe and sane when you're doing rope versus what you're doing with impact. Right. So they came up with rack, which is risk aware, consensual kink. Yes. This is, this is the one that people tend to move to after SSC when they know a little bit more risk aware. That basically means do your research. Do everything that you can to mitigate the risk and make BDSM as safe as possible. And that's where you ask your questions. You ask people about the actual like rope or whatever. Let's say I don't know anything about it whatsoever. And yet I say, oh my God, that looks so cool. I want to do it. Who am I going to ask? Am I going to just go on FET? Sure. First place. It's a start. Why not? It's a start. Am I going to go on TikTok? Probably not because they're not going to be able to show it. Am I going to go on some well-known websites that have to do with uh, Shibari and the history of it? Probably. Am I going to ask people at 101 nights? Probably. Yeah. Ask around. Get some information on who you should ask. And consensual remained unchanged from the SSC. Mm -hmm. It's still, we all believe that consent's the cornerstone of what we do and nothing should ever happen without consent. Absolutely fucking nothing. Right. 
And then the K for kink was just kind of thrown in there at the end to make it sound better and make it cute and make catchy. But Rack, they came up with to basically say that nothing in life is 100% safe, particularly activities that can and often do involve injury. And let's face it, you have a bruise. You've been injured. Yep. Granted, it's just consensual injury, but it is an injury, right? And and as Dara had said, what's sane to one person might be insane to another person, as we find every time we sit and talk about kinks. <laughs> the term sane is really subjective. I mean, I've I've definitely had issues with certain things that people do that I would consider completely not safe. I would consider it not sane. Sure, it's consensual if you do it and you gave permission or you did it to yourself, that's fine. But in my personal experience, no. So RAC seemed to work really well. It, you know, we went from SSC, then we became RAC. But then there's a lot of us who even take it a little bit further. Yeah, like me. <laughs> this the- is the one that I go by. A little bit further? Okay, a lot of bit further. <laughs> All she did was change the acronym. I'm kidding. No, she didn't. She went nuts. Yeah. Well, I didn't change it personally. I just changed my philosophy. Right. And I follow. I just love this name, though. Of course you do. Prick. She just likes saying it. I think. Prick, 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 prick. I think that was the first thing that caught her about it was just that she gets to actually say prick. It's a great name. It's catchy. Okay. Well, what does it mean? It means personal responsibility, informed consensual kink. Jeez, no wonder you just go by prick. That's a mouthful. Yeah. All right. So this is a newer term. It sort of came around in the community around 2009. And it was developed because those who didn't like SSC or RAC were complaining that the philosophy didn't really stress enough that each individual had a personal responsibility to accept or reject the risks and the behavior that they were engaged in, and therefore live with the consequences of their choices. So Prick was put together to ensure more safety for both sides. Right. You know, as a bottom, I need to be fully aware of every activity that I'm going to be doing. Because guess who ends up getting hurt if it goes bad? The observers. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, Me. Yeah. So I have a personal responsibility, one, to know everything I can know, to consent to all the different possibilities. And as far as I'm concerned, I have just as much a responsibility to do everything in my power to make a scene safe as my top does. And I agree with that. And one of those responsibilities is to make sure as the bottom, you explicitly say, and we've discussed this before, and I yelled at Rara for this, you have to explicitly say, if I don't explicitly say yes to something, it is a no. Right. Add that to your profile. Add that to your negotiations, whoever you are that needs to hear this, because what happens if they think the opposite? You got problems. What if this person you're playing with thinks that if you did not explicitly say no, it's a yes. You have to be aware of that. Some people do think that. This week's episode is sponsored by an incredibly talented photographer, Jay Yi. Jay offers a wide variety of vanilla photo shoots such as headshots, conventions, weddings, family photos, dating profile photos, proposals, and more. Rara and I have known Jay for years, 
And when his clients have given permission, we've been able to see some of his photos. And wow, we are amazed at how he is able to capture a moment in time that shows the joy and beauty of the people in the photo. I remember seeing some maternity shots that he did, and the mother was glowing. I can only imagine how it will feel to look back on those photos years from now and remember the excitement she felt that was so clearly captured in the photos. But what's so cool about Jay is he is a kinkster himself, so he also offers amazing kink photos. He can do solo shoots, such as boudoir photos, or couple shoots, like a collaring ceremony. Maybe you want professional shots of your scenes, like rope suspension. If you have an idea, Jay can probably make it happen. He works throughout the Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. areas, but he's also willing to travel to some parts of West Virginia. You can reach out to Jay to discuss your photo needs either through his website at www.jyephoto.com. That's J-Y-I-P-H-O-T-O.com or even through FetLife. His handle is ISO800. And if you visit his website, which we will list in the show notes, you can see some of his beautiful work. So if you need someone to help you capture those once-in-a-lifetime moments, check out jyephoto.com. One of the things that I have seen a lot of, and it really frustrates me to no end, is a lot of younger, newer submissives who believe the onus is on the dom to make sure the scene goes right, that the scene is safe. It can't just be up to the one person, though. Like, yes, the majority of the responsibility can be seen to be on the person who is essentially in control of the scene, but it's everybody around them as well. Yeah, see, I feel it's a 50-50 because That's- if I'm I'm trusting, let's say in the case when we did electro, mm-hmm. I am trusting you to do the electro. So while I may be laying there and you doing the electro to me, the reality is pre-scene it was mostly my responsibility. Well, during scene, it was your responsibility. And by that meaning, it was my responsibility before the scene to do my research. What are the risks involved in electro? What is your knowledge? What is your skill set? Asking you the questions, do you have the safety situation set up for that? Now, once I'm on the table, so to speak, and you're doing it, while it may look to the casual observer that now it's more your responsibility, Yes, at that point, it does become more your responsibility. But prior to the scene, it was my responsibility more. What research, does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. What research did you do? I'm curious. Well, with you, I didn't have to do as much research because I've known you for years. And I've been doing this for and, years. But not only that, but I've heard the speech from you. <laughs> I've heard the speech from you talking to other newbies. I've been listening many times for <laughs> years as you've been at my parties giving the spiel. To all the new folks. And don't worry, guys, I'll give you the spiel too when I actually do that episode. Yeah, it's a good spiel, folks. It really is. But listening to you do that, that, so my research happened long before we ever did a scene. So I already knew, but we talked also during, during the time where we talked about, you explained to me the difference between when I was the conductive and you were the conductive. Am I saying that right? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I know fucking nothing. Don't worry about Um, it. Okay. The inversion, right? Is that what it is? Uh, There's direct, indirect, and reverse. Okay, whatever. So when when you have the electricity going through you, it is called being in reverse. Right. Okay. If it's going through me, then that's called indirect. Yeah. Okay. Like the it's you could think of it like role reversal. I got it. Okay. Yeah. So I just need to know one of us held 
the thing, the other one held the thing in the other way. And what? Yeah. The thing. The that's thing. really helpful. That's the fucking technical term. This is not the electro episode. Okay. That so works. what she's talking about, <laughs> what she's talking about is the contact cable. The thingy. Yeah, sure. Oh, you know what? We'll just go with that. I'm done. <laughs> that's she was holding the thingy and the electricity was going through her. There's an important thingy. I mean, they're all important thingies. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that Rara could ask me, and she didn't, but again, this is because she already knew, was my safety equipment. You did discuss it. I did. I showed you each and every piece that was off camera. Um, but again, this is something she has seen me set up for years. I remember you asking me questions about the plugs that you were using and yes. the safety around that. So I knew. So my research was done long before we ever had our scene. Okay, funny story about that. Being aware of the stuff around you when you're doing the scene is also part of that. That's part of the risk. So way back in the day, way, way back, I'm not going to say how many years, but it was a while ago. We had the, do you remember when the table that I use for Electro was in a different spot in your dungeon? Yes. And there's a pipe? Oh, yeah. And I don't know why we didn't see this before. I guess nobody had ever done this. This was like a couple of years into it. Person was in reverse. Grabbed the pipe. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. So they dropped the thing. There was a little, you know, bit of a ding, ding, you know, hey, scene is over kind of a situation. But- I don't know why nobody thought of that. I thought that the table was far enough away from the pipe. And I also didn't think anybody would actually grab onto a pipe. But yeah, if there's exposed pipes and you're doing electricity, move the table. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Another one that I learned with my risk profile was, do you have a copper IUD? I keep wanting to say IUD. No, I don't know if nobody has an IED. That is so far Every out. single time. That is so to- far out my risk profile. <laughs> Every time I have to think of which one is it? Okay, no, don't do that. No, but uh, copper IUDs with Electro, if you're going to work with insertables, you got to think about it. And that's something that we didn't think of until somebody grabbed the, the insertable probe and did it. And the other person shrieked and I went, give me that back. But yeah, different fun stories that I think I've discussed before. Oops. Yeah, that was a good time. She's fine. It was just a little bit of a, oh, hey, what the? Okay, that's interesting. But it's things you, you need to think about. And there's things that you're not going to know and you're going to learn on the way. That's that's always going to happen. But that comes back to within the risk profile, knowing you don't know everything. Yes. And that there will be the potential of unforeseen issues. And are you prepared? Example, tied with simple beauty more times than I can count, right? I knew obviously playing with her was well within my rest profile. She had all the safety equipment she needed. She was prepared to deal with any emergency. We had a situation, learned the hard way to do rope first, impact second. (laughs) Because I had whip marks on my body that the rope ended up laying on. Oh. And ow. Yeah. So for the first time in all, and the one and only time in all the years that I've been tying with with her, I said, I need down and I need down now. Did you red? I, I, I don't, I didn't use the word red, but I guess technically yeah. that would be a red. Yeah. Interesting. Because it just hurt too much. Now, had we done a different tie, I might've been fine. 
it just the uh, and it was actually on the back of my arm Mm. it's on the back of my arm now she rightfully so said to me do i have enough time to untie or do i need to cut it because she would have cut it Mm -hmm. and i said i have time for you to untie it and she untied me but i knew she had her shears right around her neck right there for me to see and if she had needed to untie me to, to cut me out, she could have without a problem. Yeah. So I knew going in with her that anything could happen. This case it did. And it was still within my risk profile because she was prepared to handle it. Had a similar situation with the electro and impact one time. There was a person who I guess we discovered electro before impact will heighten the sensation and let you take a little bit more. It I don't know if heightened the sensation is the right word. I think it's actually the opposite. It gets your adrenaline going so that you can take a little more on impact. But if you do impact before electro, it's not so much that your adrenaline isn't going. It's that you've already got the bruises. And when you do electro on top of that is way more sensitive. Ooh, way more sensitive. You, You personally, I don't you would not like that. If we ever did that and you wanted to try an electro scene, I would definitely tell you to do electro before impact because you would not. Yeah. I mean, I've learned that I had to do it with rope first, impact second, and any blood play third. <laughs> because Simple Beauty has told me I can get her ropes wet. I can't get blood in them. Did she really? Did okay. She maybe she didn't tell me I could get them wet. She just learned to accept <laughs> that I get them wet. But she's been adamant, no blood. Yes. <laughs> So what about people's risk aware for just being at a party? Good question. For some people, they're really afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. People, and again, it really depends, like, because that may not have something to do with the physical. I mean, that's just a personal, like, you you're, could have anxiety about being around that many people. You could worry. I mean, I have run into somebody who knew my bosses. I ran into them at a munch. And upon discussing the commonality, I assured that person, I won't ever mention to my bosses that I met you. Mm-hmm. And they said to me, and I will do the same. Mm-hmm. I told a great story on TikTok about how I had gone out for dinner to Green Turtle with my kids. And we had this waiter who's cute, young though, so mm-hmm. out of my risk profile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing to add to it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but I did, find of all him, ages. I did find him giving me the side eye. A lot. I thought, hmm, all right, well, if I wanted to, I could, but I'm not going to because I'm with my kids and I get too young for me. And the evening went fine. Later that night, I got a message on FET. It was the waiter. Oh, dear God. He had recognized me. That's actually kind of creepy. And he just wanted to say, he said, I didn't say anything because I saw you were with your kids. Okay. That's- but I just wanted to tell you, you're just as pretty in person as you are in your photos. <laughs> um... Yeah, still that still makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but at the same time, it's a lot better. Well, the reality than he, where I thought that yeah, was going. He handled it perfectly. Yeah. He did the right thing. He should not have outed me to my family, even though my kids know. But still, yeah, he didn't know they knew, and he responded to me afterward. So for me, the risk I have a lot more risk about being not outed and recognized in public. I have my faces all over social media. I don't hide who I am. And so, yeah, anybody could potentially come up to me and say something. So for me, I that risk is within 
my risk profile. And it's not in mine, which is exactly why I don't have pictures in public. I have separate kink profiles for different uh, social medias, and I still won't post my picture. It's it's very different for me. Yeah. And that's that's part of understanding what you will and will not do. Right. So if somebody says, I recognize, messages me on FET and says, I recognize you, it better be from a party. <laughs> yeah. So now that we've talked about the philosophies and we've talked about, you know, your personal preferences and stuff, let's talk about creating your own personal risk profile. So you really, really know what you're doing. There are four steps. The first one is to determine the things in your life that if lost would cost more than the play provides. So for example, what you were talking about, about why you don't post face pics and you don't post your full name. Yep. Because you could lose job. You could lose relationships. It's too much. That's, that is not worth the cost to me. Right. That's why I don't do it because losing those things, not worth it. I love kink and I love BDSM. That's not worth it to me. Right. And for me, I'm not worried about losing my job. Doing this would not impact Mm -hmm. my job at this point. Four years ago might have been different. So my profile four years ago is not my profile today. And that's a good point to bring up. Always reassess. If something changes. changes in your life, reassess, redo. Yeah. So that's one thing. The second is determine what specifically you need to maintain things like your body, your job, your hobbies, and all of that. So as I said earlier, I need to be able to lift, I need to be able to stay on my feet, and I need to be able to be physically active to do my job. So I don't do bastinado. I don't do things where I'm going to have visible marks outside of shorts, Mm -hmm. because sometimes I wear shorts to work. And a t-shirt. I have actually told tops, even when doing breast impact, please be careful. If I'm wearing a V-neck shirt, you can't see the bruises. And something to add for me, I have knee problems. I actually have arthritis in both knees. I have some issues with my wrist joints as well. Robert, I don't know if you know this, but my wrist joints will actually pop out and I have to put them back in myself. Ew. Did you not know that? I did not know that. I, I, I could have gone a lot longer too without I, knowing that. Oh, well, let me just explain to you. It actually pops out of the joints and I have ew, to sit there ew. and squeeze it back in ew, myself. No. <laughs> yeah, I regularly dislocate my wrist. I've done it. I hear you. I've done it turning the page of a book and washing dishes. Blood, I'm fine. That eeks me out. And at this point, it's so basic for me. Like, I've had this issue since I was nine. That, honestly, that comes from breaking my arm too many times when I was a kid. How many times have you broken your arm? Uh, Arm straight up across both bones once. My wrist, I have broken it and fractured it probably two or three times. I am not the most graceful person, okay? Well, I think for me, it helps my center of gravity is much closer to the ground. Yeah, I was pretty tall as a kid, too, so that didn't help. But no. I never went through that awkward gangly stage. I mean, neither did I. I was never a beanpole or anything. I just am not graceful. Let's just leave it at that. Okay, so the first time I broke my arm, I was literally skipping around a tree, and I just went down. I didn't trip or anything. I just went down. And you know how you put your hands in front of your face to break your fall? Mm-hmm. Don't lock your elbows if you're going to do that. No, you're also not supposed to put your hands down either because well, that breaks your wrists. I was seven. You didn't know any better. I didn't okay. know squat. 
Well, plus it's it's so instinctive. To well, just do that. It ended up being that I broke both bones in my arm, and it looked like I had a second elbow. Ew! Red. Yeah. Red. <laughs> okay, I'll stop talking about it because I'm pretty sure everybody else on the planet is like, "What the hell is she talking about this? Oh my god!" No, it was yeah. pretty gross. And then I've broken my wrist a couple of times. Same wrist every time. I just happened to land on that arm a lot. You'd think boobs, I would land on those and it would just bounce me right back up. <laughs> no. But no. So the the wrist joints are not, they're pretty damn fragile. And I've got arthritis in both wrists, both knees from also falling on those a few times, several times. I'm a klutz. What can I say? Point being, I'm pretty used to putting myself back together when it comes to that. But when it comes to kink stuff, if I fall on my own, my bad. Right. If I forget to mention to somebody that I have knee problems and they put me in a certain position where my knee pain flares up and I've got pain shooting from hip to ankle, my bad if I forget to tell them. If I do tell them and they do it anyway, they're bad, bad. on them. Yeah, I have a bum knee too. So I would often have to tell uh, Simple, Beauty. Simple Beauty that I couldn't bend that leg into Fudo for too long. What's a Fudo? <gasps> Look at me talking so smart. It's a tie. That way your leg is bent together. I'm like show I'm showing her with my hands. You guys can't say it. But your leg is your leg is bent and the tie. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've yeah. seen that picture. Cool. Okay. That's so what it's called. I can't do my right leg in a Fudo for too long. And that changes sometimes the tie that we're gonna do because of it. Number three is acquire whatever concrete knowledge is necessary to identify and avoid worst case scenarios. So for me, I need to recognize signs of potential nerve damage to my wrists or arms during rope play so that I can tell my top if I start to feel anything. Plus, I can also use that information to gauge does my top know what the hell they're doing? Because I could ask them, what are, I could play dumb pretty much and say, what are signs to look for? And if they're not giving me what I know is the right answer, then I know they don't know what the hell they're doing. And something for electro, if you have somebody who doesn't know what safety equipment to use for electro or even fire play, if they don't have a fire blanket or, you know, bucket of water or whatever it is that they need to use, don't play with them. Ask research and then ask that person. It's okay to play dumb and say, all right, what are the safety equipment parameters that you have? So for example, we have kill switches for electro. Mine is a foot pedal. The new wand that I'm looking at has a thumb one that's even faster. You just click it. What was that sound again? Just making sure. I love when you make the sounds. I do sound effects a lot. (laughs) (laughs) In normal conversation too. It's just like, I don't know why. Anyway, Point being, we have kill switches. You also want to make sure that, for example, if you see an electro top and they don't test it on themselves beforehand, before putting it on their bottom every time, not just when they're first starting, every time they make any kind of adjustment, they need to check it on themselves. That's not, that's risky behavior on their part. I don't necessarily think you should play with that kind of person. But again, that's up to your risk profile. That's how I was taught. For blood play, I need to know about safe blood play protocols. I need to make sure that whoever I'm playing with has gloves, has a sharps container. Has alcohol swabs. Has alcohol swabs that they know what to do. Ooh, look, I even knew that one. Look at you. I learned right. something. But what, what, what about for not kink activities? What about for what's your risk profile for littling? 
just who's around me and who I can safely be, be little in front of and what's happening in the situation. I mean, sometimes you got to be adult. Yes. Sometimes adulting is more important than getting your little out. Sorry. Yeah. That's just how it is. Right. One of the things about knowing your risk profile is that you know what you need to learn and what you don't need to. So for instance, I don't do anything around the face. I don't do face slapping. I don't do face punching. So I don't need to have any great knowledge about how to treat facial swelling because it's something outside my risk profile that I'm not going to do. So it gives me more time to focus on where I'm actually going to be playing and not waste my time trying to learn everything. Well, the other interesting thing is we usually have some sort of medical professional at wherever we are. At the big dungeons, there's usually a medical professional like on staff for the evening. And at a lot of our parties, there is somebody with medical knowledge who is usually there. I always found that very interesting. And that's something I would tell new people to ask the host. Well, but again, is this within or with or not within your risk profile? Are you comfortable playing someplace where there isn't a medical personnel? Or do you have specific issues where you would feel more comfortable? Let's say you're diabetic. Yes. Let's say you have epilepsy. None of these will prevent you from doing kinky shit. But you need to have a plan in place, which goes right into the fourth thing you need to do for your risk profile. And that is communicate. Let me say this again, because it's a big word, folks. Communicate your risk profile and emergency plans in whatever way is helpful to you. Communicate it with your partner. Communicate it with your host. Communicate it with on-site medical personnel. Communicate it with whomever you need to talk to. This is like in every negotiation that you do, you need to let somebody know what your risk profile is. So Rara is, like she said before, going to have a different one for all of her different activities. She's going to let each one of the tops know what her risk profile is for those activities. If you're only coming to socialize and you have some sort of medical issue, like, okay, a few years ago, I had Bell's palsy. You remember that? I remember that. I had to communicate with each and every bottom that I had that night, yes, my face is droopy today, and that my eye was slightly paralyzed. I had to wear glasses. Remember how I was wearing those sunglasses inside, inside that yes. whole night? Because the light was hurting my eye so badly. So I had to communicate. I think I did one or two scenes that night, but it was wearing the glasses. And I had to tell people, hey, this is what's going on. This is why I'm wearing these glasses are you still comfortable playing with me tonight, even though I have a medical issue? And I communicated with just about every single person there, this is what's wrong. And of course, Rara, my host, knew my daddy was there to help me out um, if I needed it and to take over if, if need be. But it was just something that I needed to tell people because it was weird for the night. Because that's the, the being aware. Yeah, I was making everybody else aware of what yeah. that is. Now, if you have an unseen injury that you don't want to communicate... PTSD, for example. I have some PTSD triggers. The only people that know about it are the people that I play with. And that's my personal preference. I prefer to put that out there and put it on the table. If you do this, I may react like this. Well, I think triggers, if you know them, is important that you communicate because it's unfair to your partner if they accidentally trigger you. Mm-hmm. And it will mess up their heads as well. Um, I actually saw this. I helped 
somebody, I helped Primal Pagan on TikTok answer this question for somebody. The It was a bottom. She had a trigger that happened in a scene and it messed the scene up. And she wanted to know how to handle this going forward. And my answer was she doesn't have to stop playing just because she has this trigger. What she needs to do is try to the best of her ability, identify what sets it off and let her top know. Yeah. And that could be a physical trigger, like a leg position in a certain way, an arm position in a certain way, somebody pulling your hair. Anything like that. Like Rara has a trigger with somebody pulling her hair. Uh, but it's, it, it depends on it depends on the situation. Oh, no. I meant because it'll mess up your hair. Oh, not well, necessarily yeah, that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it could be something psychological, like a certain song playing. Right. That's, that's could be one a, of them for me. It could be me. a word. It mm-hmm. could be a certain word. But the point being is that she needs to let her top know if she's aware of any triggers so that potentially the top could avoid it. But the second step to that is tell the top how to handle it if she is triggered. Because there may also be some unknown triggers and the top needs to know what to do in the situation. This is the personal responsibility and this is why I'm a prick. (laughs) (laughs) We are a prick for more than one reason. I know, but I had to say this. This is why I subscribe to prick because it is your, you have a trigger. It is your responsibility to give your partner as much information as possible as to how to, what to look for, and how to handle it if it happens. Maybe if you're triggered, the way to handle it is a certain type of aftercare. Then you make sure you have an aftercare kit that has everything in it that you need to deal with it when you are triggered. That is your responsibility. Your partner can't know this. And Unless they're, let's say, a romantic partner and therefore you're going or, to be in a relationship with them. And not even a romantic partner. It could just be a long-term play partner. Right. It could be somebody that you repeatedly play with and you're not necessarily in a long-term relationship with. Right. At that point, they probably should be well aware of it. But if this is your first or even just your second or third time and it's all new, it is your responsibility to share every bit of information that could impact your impact scene. <laughs> And any other scene I had to, it was a bad joke. Sorry, I got to avoid the dad jokes. I can't get them right. Um, it is your responsibility to have all that information and to share it. Definitely. All right. I guess finally, the important thing to know is that your risk profile is not set in stone. Oh, definitely not. It That's- will evolve as you evolve. It's definitely a dynamic thing. And as you, I used to refuse to do blood play and needles. They were a hard limit for me. I know it's hard to believe. But the, even as much as probably been about two-ish years now that I've been involved in the blood play, just as with everything else, once I decided I was going to do it, I dove in head first. <laughs> I did not go slow. She goes deep end. Hey. Yeah, well, because once I decide to do it, I'm like, just go big or go home, folks. Basically, yeah. So originally, blood play would not have been involved in my risk profile. I wouldn't do it. Now it is. Now, that doesn't mean somebody can't say, I'm going to do this now. And let's say a year or two from now, they actually take it back out and say, I I can't do this anymore. I have a back problem now, so I can no longer do what I used to be able to do and so on. Knowing your risk profile will help you quickly know what you will and will not do and who you will and will not play with. So you don't spend a lot of time trying to figure that out. You do all that work in creating the risk profile before you enter into a scene. Plus, it also just makes you sound like you know what you're talking about. And that's a good thing. Makes you a better, safer partner. And don't you think people want to play with a better, safer partner? 
I do. You know all this information. You are prepared to discuss it. You know yourself clearly, your risk profile, your experience, your education, your limits. Even if it's on the the beginner side of the thing, you still want to make people aware this is what you've researched. This is what you know. And you know yourself. And you know what? It's okay to tell somebody, I don't know. I have never done that before. I don't know. Can you please, when we are done, sit with me and discuss it so I can gain the information that I need to add to my risk profile? I'd be impressed by that. I would too. That's legit. And the more you impress people, the more partners you'll get and the more play you'll get because people will want to play with you. I have found since I went from SSC to Prick, I have more tops who want to play with me. They enjoy playing with me. The more communication I can give them, the more I take ownership of my personal responsibility, the better they feel. And actually, I think that's why I get a lot of newbies for Electro because they'll watch me demo and explain not just as an open forum, this is what I'm doing, guys, to the whole party thing, but each and every person. And if there's a new person, I sit them down and I take the time to explain it piece by piece. I show them what each piece of equipment can do and I explain it. So knowing your shit is a really good thing to do. It's sexy. <laughs> and don't you want to be sexy? Do you think I'm sexy? Okay, sorry. No. <laughs> okay. The part where I say sexy? No, the entire episode. Okay, fine. The entire episode will start over again. Yeah, Yeah, because that whole beginning is just really should make things interesting. Bucket of nonsense at the beginning. (laughs) I don't even know. All right. So I know we started off, I don't know, is rough the right word with this episode? No, I wouldn't call it rough. I think that was spectacular. I'm just saying it was a bucket of nonsense. (laughs) All right. It took us a little while to get to the point, but I hope we've explained what risk profiles are, why you need them how to create them. And as always, if you have any questions about this or anything else, reach out and talk to us. We are on just about every social media place in the world. You can send a message on our website. We want to help you. So reach out. Thank you for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail and maybe it will be shared in a future episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife at the handle Pink Kink Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast, and hang out with other pink kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to help support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pink kink podcast. Even if you can't show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review pink kink on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. The five star reviews really help. Don't forget to subscribe to pink kink. So you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted.